You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 217 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Hands-On Gloves, the all-in-one revolutionary bathing grooming gloves. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today we bring two favorites of Horsemanship Radio. We got Jamie Jennings and Monty Roberts talking about how they collaborated to cure a bucker. Plus, we have Dr. John Otto, who was just named 2022 Oklahoma Veterinarian of the Year. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month. And I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings, Debbie. It's always so good to have you on the line. Everything's great. And our California Horse Center, too. You know, we did today was we had a clinic for the mountain trail. Mm -hmm. We have another one tomorrow. And we have a play day, an open play day on Saturday. So you're asking at a good time. Everything's fun. It's like, (laughs) it really is. It's been fun. It's been fun. We have several new um, boarders and trainers and just, there's always lots going on. A lot going on. Thanks for asking. So typically at Flag is Up Farms, California Horse Center, Mm -hmm. do you have, and this may be something that's changing now that you're writing the next chapter in in Flag is Up Farms, Mm. you have... Horses in training there of all mm-hmm. sorts, race horses, not race horses, remedial yeah. horses, Mustang horses, mm-hmm. you have those. And then do you also have horses that are boarded there that just belong to your average Joe? Well, I don't think they're average Joe, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think they're pretty that. cool. I girls. Know you were going to say that. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> you set me up for that. Uh, yeah, no, we do. We have, we have some wonderful people who have amazing horses. I mean, some, some people, a a lot of them are like my age. So I'm going to think they're rock stars because I've seen what they've done in eventing when they were 40 years old. They were, they're just badasses. They're really, (laughs) these are really good riders. And a lot of their horses now are, they might not be competing or competing lightly at this point, uh, but they're all about their horses, Jen. That's the cool part is these ladies, they, they look to every detail for these horses because these horses have earned it, frankly. And some of them are the most amazing bloodlines you'd ever you'd ever hear about. And some of them have done the, some of the most amazing things you'd ever. We've got some rainers on the property that, you know, are just now having an easier life. This is why the mountain trail was so important to me because it, it engages that competitive brain of theirs, but lets oh, them retire to a overstressor you know it's we had them out there today so I got to see the beginning where they were on in hand you know um, ladies on feet and it it was a different world for some of these ladies because some are you know closer to uh, the seventh decade than the sixth and they haven't spent a lot of time on the ground and their relationship with their horses is great I have to say you know they're just the best owners ever you you'd want to be you know, owned by one of these ladies, if you, if you were a horse and, and yet they spend a lot more time in the saddle with them than they do on the ground. So there was a little bit of in hand training that we did at first, of course, in the covered arena that we have here, which is nicely uh, packaged for us because it's right off or right across the racetrack from the 
from the mountain trail. So we start there and we do a little dually halter training so that the horse is really listening to them in, in hand. Then we walk over to the trail and we start with, really, we only get to about six or eight of the of the 22 obstacles that are oh, out there. 22. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, it's back through L's and, you know, less complicated ones. But when you add them all up, yep. Uh, but, you know, they... They today they were a little like let's not go on anything that moves a lot let's just <laughs> so the suspension bridge and some of those things but they they worked really hard with the fan and the uh, just all the beautiful obstacles in the water of course at the end so we saved the water as a treat for the horses and of course there's all those that go like wait a minute I'm I'm a dressage horse I don't do water really you know I mean I think maybe you kind of mix me up with somebody else and then uh, in you know they t- stick a toe in there and when they see it's not 25 feet deep you know <laughs> oh oh you didn't ask me that much and then they're just like kids they are just like kids Jen they go like oh this is kind of fun let's do it again and and the ladies are giggling and you know and getting their pristine boots wet I love it I just love it. And um, I, I just saw a lot of smiles on the end of that. And there were four, four today. There'll be four tomorrow. And then play day is about 10. We opened up to about mm-hmm. 10 people who go out. And it's that's from outside the farm. So today's and tomorrow's were for our borders. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, we had our arranged time and clinic and, and all that. So it's really fun. And, and I, I think that sort of as a theme for the whole ranch now we're taking those transition horses and creating that same atmosphere for them you know where they go out wide-eyed and uh, in the end they're hunting the trail as they say and it's really fun Yay! Yeah. i'm a little i'm a little bit jealous i want to i want to be there <laughs> i Aww, love doing, i'd love good. doing the obstacle courses they're so much fun yeah i know you yeah. you have a lot of experience in that too and just you're you know you're a trail girl anyway so all that too well that's, um, that's for me that's a lot of the fun of trail riding is what you might call the obstacles. Some people call yeah. it technical trails. Right. For me, that's a lot of the fun of it is navigating the downfalls or the blowdown of the, the trees that fall down and finding your way through an area where there isn't a trail. Now, the bridges aren't my favorite just because I have terrible fear of heights, but Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the horse doesn't, but I do. Right? The horse doesn't. I dismount and walk the horse across because I am terrified. Oh. <laughs> Nothing to do with the horse. <laughs> well, these are big enough to do that on, so I guess you can. But yeah. um, you know, we'll have to get you over that. <laughs> no, maybe not. Uh, no, I, I, I think that's that's part of the fun. What do you think about speed trials versus not speed? You know, just um, execution. I'm okay with the speed trials. In context. Okay. okay. Because Good. I've seen it go wrong as far as the horse's overall training, mm-hmm. where they think the whole point is to get through it as fast as possible, but their training process did not teach them the take care of yourself so mm-hmm. it's not done dangerously. That makes sense. Yes, because you can get across a bridge in a hurry on a horse that's scared. A horse that's scared going across bridge quickly is not going to be watching where his feet go. Yeah. So for me, not a good idea. Not hunting the trail either. You know not that's hunting, well exactly that. Yeah. And I think the 
the obstacles, at least been my limited experience with obstacle courses. The speed trials tend to be really simple, simple stuff <laughs> that yeah. it's not really a trail obstacle. It's a tiny jump or it's a tiny fan-shaped jump or it's a curtain that you run through mm-hmm. versus genuine trail obstacles have been thought out so that you are developing skill sets in different parts of the horse's brain and different mm-hmm. parts of his body and different parts of the person's brain, different parts of the hor- person's body. Mm. So that you can take those experiences and those skill sets and apply them to a variety of unfamiliar obstacles. It's a little mm-hmm. bit like if you learn adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing, you can apply those to all other types of mathematics. Sure, that's if true. You don't well, learn I didn't those, go. I didn't go beyond those, but <laughs> I mean, <either. laughs> but you can apply them everywhere else. But yeah. I've seen a lot of the speed trials go. Way scary wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is, there's, I guess there's probably two, you know, two sets of worlds for those. And um, I just was wondering what your opinion, because I've gone on a lot of trails and I don't think speed was ever my, my goal. Um, although. <laughs> See, from my point of view, it has mm-hmm. an application being an avid fox hunter. Ah, yes, that's true. I should because have thought of that. when you're Good. fox hunting or going cross country mm-hmm. in eventing, Doing right. endurance where you're moving at speed, mm-hmm. all of those things you are on trails and you are on, you have to move at pace. Yep. You don't know what's coming up next and you need yep. to be able to safely navigate. So you need to have some skills and history to draw on. So, from that point of view, developing a skill set that allows you to move quickly through different types of obstacles has value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if it's getting dark, I like to. Get home quick too. So there's on the on the mountain. Yeah, if you've never approached a fan obstacle, a fan being a ground pole or tree stumps or tree limbs, something like that, but they're in an arc. So at one end they're closer together, and at the other end they're further apart. If you've never tried to do that at a forward trot, you've only ever walked it, and you've only ever planned to get there. If you ever have to do it in a situation, fox hunting, doing endurance, something similar to that at speed, you're not going to have that skill set. You won't have set yourself up for success. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that's you always true. have to start out slow, right? Doesn't doesn't help yeah. to start out at a run. No, not so much. Because, again, your brain isn't as engaged, and so neither is the horse's, right? And so that's why we do the in-hand, too, is so that there's different perspectives. And you know how their eyes work. So we've talked about that on the show before, too, that there is all that that eye and hoof coordination, and there's the eye-hand, too, when we're down yeah. there. So, and the, yeah. in, in the eventing universe, they, there's, I think it's Jimmy Wofford that coined the phrase, may not have been, but he uses it. Teach the horse to have a fifth leg. Mm. And in the trail biz, in the Western biz, they saw, call it, you call it seeking the trail, reading the mm-hmm. trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same skill set where the horse is watching where he is going. He is able through training and experience to make judgment calls on how to get him and you safely through what is ahead. Mm-hmm. And for a cross country horse or a fox hunting horse, he learns to do it at speed with horses all around him. Whereas a trail horse in the Western sense of the word 
is learning to do it at a much slower pace most of the time on a different type of terrain. He's going to have narrow trails and single track and cliffs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's that same mental and physical skill set for horse and rider. You have yeah. to develop trust. You have to develop balance. You have to learn to, you have to develop feel. All yeah. of those things still apply. So people who go and do the speed trial courses, but don't do that part of it are setting themselves up for crash and burn. <laughs> Maybe. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fun world. It, and it's fun no matter if the horse is retired, if the horse is just starting out or as in the case of our transition horse program, they're being retrained to do something else entirely. And it may not be related to trail at all, but that relationship building and that trust building, and then that engagement of their brain all works to help them transition to the job that they will be suited for and are looking for. So we love adding that. Yeah. I hear again and again from people with jumpers and dressage horses, how they've done even a little bit of obstacle work, even if it's only in hand and they never even get on their back, how much it refreshes the horse's brain, engages them. Yeah. It can can be a real career saver for horses who are struggling. Yeah. We should do a show too on working equitation because that's another (gasps) conversation. Yeah. That, that is really up and coming and growing. And there's, there there are so many fractions of disciplines out there. Is that the next course that's going to be going? Well, I could be encouraged. I could be encouraged. (laughs) You heard it here first. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my gosh. I'm hoping. It's, it's a little, um, you know, there's, there's just, it's different. And that's exactly why I'm looking for it. Uh, because I, I do want to keep them, you know, guessing yes. <laughs> a little bit I, there. I, there's, so. a, there's a pretty active working equitation community here in Central Florida. Mm. And I went and did one working equitation play day. Mm, and it was so much fun. Ah, good. Yeah. I'm thinking that same thing, too. And I haven't even done that yet. But I've, I've talked to enough people and trail road with enough okay, people so you're, you're that's gonna go out go. and, and you're going to do some testing and you're going to mm-hmm. video that okay so we can watch it because i okay. want to see debbie doing working equitation oh so I does she want to see that that's good <laughs> i will I hey we should get some more on the on the trail too because we forget to do that we take these pretty pictures and yeah, but a little a more video is kind of fun a video of debbie doing yeah. the doing the uh, i want to see that. me and mojo me and mojo we're, we're a team there so uh, i now, think that's great and speaking of teams aha Got an interesting team coming up on the show today. Yeah, a little while ago, co-host of Horses in the Morning, Jamie Jennings, who is also a Monty Roberts certified trainer. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Was struggling a bit with a client horse who was just really making her think outside the box, really think hard to to get through his issues. And she chatted about it on the Horses in the Morning show because she had to call in the big, big boss, Monty. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was an interesting, it was an interesting process. And we thought everybody would enjoy hearing about that in case you don't listen to Horses in the Morning. So what we're going to hear next is Jamie chatting with her co-host, Glenn, about her adventures with a particularly... Um, challenging client horse who was a gypsy vanner. And we're going to do that right after we hear from our title sponsor, Hands on Gloves. (laughs) 
Hands-On Gloves is the number one ranked multi-award winning patented animal shedding, bathing, grooming gloves that animals prefer for their generous massage that they provide. Hands-On is currently expanding to bring you revolutionary new animal products as well as high quality, effective gardening gloves and tools. Hands-On Gloves will change the way we tackle everyday animal and gardening activities, making those efforts faster and more effective. Whether you have a house full of cherished fur babies, a garden full of prize-worthy vegetables, a ranch of prized livestock, or the best rose garden in town, Hands-On Gloves provides you with the tactical tools you need to get the job done right. They're non-abrasive with flexible round tips and strong nylon fabric. They make the perfect grooming gloves. Find Hands-On Gloves at your local retailers or at handsongloves.com. Well, let's talk. All right, everybody's waiting. So this is the continuing saga this week. It started on Monday with you having this horse that uh, you couldn't put a saddle on and box and everything. And it just started um, three and a half weeks ago. Yeah, but I mean, we started this whole saga really on Monday Mm -hmm. of of this chapter. Uh, And then on Wednesday... You got yelled at by Monty. Well, and I put it. I put a rider on. I thought I'd prepped him three weeks to prep a horse for a rider. I put a rider on. It was a yeehaw! My God, this sucker bucked. He. I, I counted because again, I have a video. I'm not sharing it with y'all. Uh, he bucked five laps in my round pin, and he's a gypsy banner like 14 hands. <laughs> he's huge. I did see the video, and it was impressive. <laughs> Oh, did I send it to you? Yeah, oh, you did. Shame on me. It yeah, impressive. it's impressive. I mean, it's like, you know, the feet propping, stomp, stomp, so all the way around, bucking, bucking. He, he's not athletic enough to, like, really kick out and up, but he jumped and propped and jumped and propped. Oh, my God. So I sent it to Monty Roberts, and I said, what can I do? And then he he calls me. Oh, my gosh. I got in big trouble. Big trouble. I didn't know. I, I He's like, you should have done this, 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 this. I, I, all these things that I've never de- dealt with that they, I, I, I didn't even learn it in the advanced course, uh, to use this thing called the buck stopper. I never learned it. And so I'm not comfortable using it. So I don't know how to make it. Cause of course you have to make it. Uh, and I don't tie ropes and do all those things very well. So, um, I, we're watching the video. He's like, you, you know, Debbie's like, watch this video, this video, this video on Monty Roberts university.com and then you're gonna read this page and from my hands to yours and you're gonna go through all this and i was like okay bye so i'm doing my homework i have farm boy come up here i'm like farm boy we gotta watch these videos and then i need you to help me try to figure out how to make this rope fangled thing out of this rope and he like pulls out a knife and he pulls out a lighter and he doesn't smoke and he's like burning the ends of the rope i was like where did you get that lighter he goes you always have to be prepared and i was like we're going to come back to Was that. Was he a Boy Scout? <laughs> so he, we're watching this and, and, and it's just a, on the video and there's like a, a drawing of it in the book. And I'm like, I just have no idea. I'm like still detangling rope. And he's like, how's this? Boop. And he hands me one. I was like, wait, what are you doing? What is that? And he was like, it's a thing. It's a buck stopper. Like, how did you know how to do that? Oh, <gasps> Barrett, were you an Eagle Scout? He's like, yes. 
<laughs> I just don't picture cowboys being Eagle Scout. He's an reason. Eagle Scout, and he's also worked like the past several summers for a month at a camp teaching kids how to like ro- rock climb and belay and do, uh, all that stuff. So he's like, yeah, not to save your life. Duh. Like, you know, like he talks to me like, I was like, okay, cool. Well, we're now going to start teaching each other things. Anyway, so fast forward, I've got the buck stopper. We start to go to work on him. Um, and I was supposed to have a dummy to sit on this horse. Okay. And so I have the bear, but the bear needs to sit up. Buck the bear is one armed. I can't tie him to the reins because he only has one arm. Tragic accident. Bass fishing, I think. Uh, anyway, so Buck has one arm, so he's out. So I got to make a new dummy. So I got a Home Depot and I spend freaking $200, like getting PVC pipes and all these things and, uh, bring it home. And I call him Nick and he's headless and he's, he's great. He doesn't work. Not a bit. I mean, what? Try to put something on a horse where just like a guy made out of PVC is standing up. Like terrible. Fail. And he's dressed and everything. And now he is a scarecrow at my house. He scares me every time I walk outside. So 2.0 was a fail. So Monty calls me yesterday or day before yesterday on Thursday, Wednesday afternoon. We do a call and he's like, all right, here's how to make a dummy. So we go over the whole making dummy thing. And you gotta take tarps and you roll them up and you fold them oh, and then you tie them and all these things. And so I do all of that. I'm so excited for today because then we're going to have an actual FaceTime lesson with farm boy, me and Monty on the phone. Going to be great. I show him the dummy. No, no, that is not at all it. Uh, didn't he know you're not, you don't go to craft class. Doesn't he know that you're not, and he's a like, I need somebody to send you pictures. You know what? We're going to figure it out. He's like, because it's this point. He's like, I need you to do this, this, this. I'm like, I have to run to the house and do that. If right, we'll forget it. We'll just move on. Okay. Got this horse. I've got the buck stopper, which for those who don't know, the buck stopper is this string rope, by the way. He wants me to always give the disclaimer that you should never attempt to work with a bucking horse unless you've, I don't know, have him on the phone, I guess. That, that would be like, that would be the only reason anybody should work with a bucking horse if you can have a direct line on FaceTime with Monty Roberts at the exact moment you're dealing with it. So, uh, professionals only. I hate to call myself that because I still need him, like, to hold my hand. So we're on the phone. Put the buck stopper on. professionals only. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the, the thing on. And so it's this rope that goes. It's like a bridle. It's like a bridle. But instead of a bit, it's a rope. And instead of going in uh, in his mouth where his tongue is, it goes over his gums. Like, almost where you would put, like, a lip chain. But it's just a rope. And there's nothing that bothers them about the rope unless they buck. And so he says that horses that buck, you know, people whip them or they spur them and there's not a, a, a connection to punishment for bucking. So you put the thing under their lip and he's like, yeah, the horses at the end, they might have some, some bruised gums if they buck really hard. He goes, but that's better than euthanasia, which is what happens to bucking horses. I was like, oh, that's really good. Cause it seems weird to be like, I don't know. He, he And he even said, he goes, if there's a better way, I would like to know it. And that would be my way. But as of now, I've only done 700 bucking horses. So this is, is how it, it goes. So he's been, he's fixed 700 bucking horses. He tells me on the phone. All right. So we take horse out. We've get the Western saddle on him. I've got all the things tied. My dummy is a failure. I get him tied over and he's like, 
you know what? Uh, he's like, oh, you just need like a trash bag, trash bag. And let's put some sand in it. What? Okay. So I get a bag out and I put sand in Cause this, this, my, my tarp yeah, dummy. Sand into a bag. Yes. <laughs> and my tarp dummy is such a fail that like, he's just, he's not sitting up at all. He's flopped over onto the left side of the horse, but his legs he are attached. Like I do your tarp dummy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tarp dummy was a fail. And so he's like, we need to put a bag of sand on the right side. And I was like, Okay, so I'm scooping up sand, and he's like, "You have the wrong rope," you know. I'm like, "I just okay, sorry." Uh, but, but at the same time, he's helping me every step of the way. I put, and we can't get the horse to buck because the stupid dummy is on the side, and he's got to learn to buck before you, you know, buck with the buck stopper on before you can put a rider on because he's gonna buck with the rider. So we can't get him to buck. He goes, "All right, all right, all right." Put some sand in a bag and tie it on the horn down by the right stirrup. I was like, okay, so this is weird. Thank God for the Western saddle and the horn to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the whole, that was the whole point. So we we I tied the bag of sand to him, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Holy moly, that horse bucked. I mean, bucked and bucked and bucked three times, <laughs> three bucks. And he was oh, like, because he had the rope thingy, the on, buck right? stopper on. Yeah, okay. and he was like, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm good. And I was like. Okay. He was like, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Bring it back in. Take all this stuff off him. And we had to long line him quite a bit and canter one direction and then switch direction, you know, so it really desensitized him because he says a lot of it is the leg. Well, I'm here to tell you that every single thing that horse did, he predicted. He's like, okay, what's going to happen is you're going to send him off to the left and he's going to do this. And then when we switch him to the right, he's going to do this. And then lo and behold, I send him off to the left. He does the exact thing. Send him off to the right. Does the exact thing he said. I was like, how do you know? Like, I mean, this guy has fixed these horses for years and years. For, for well, six, he's almost 70, 90. He's been doing it for Since he was like years. three years old, I think. So, but I mean, it's just amazing. And he's like, to me, this horse is such a big deal and so unique and so special to me to have such a difficult horse. And he's like, Eh. You know, like it's no big deal. Like to me, he's a scary monster. And Tamonti's like, just get up there. He's like, all right, take all that off. Uh, I go, okay. Um, I'm going to put the dummy on him. He goes, just put it on him. And I was like, I couldn't even walk up to this horse with a surcingle in my hand three weeks ago. And here, you want me to put this giant tarp monster on him? He's like, just put it on him. And I put it on him. He's fine. I was like, what? How do you know all this? Like, it's like he just predicts the future because he's seen it so many times. He's dealt with 700 horses with this problem. And to be fair, that's, that's, that is, oh, that's a lot of these guys. That's a lot of work. We were with this horse. Monty stayed on the phone on FaceTime with us for an hour and a half. He'd be like, all right. Barrett, you go to the horse. Jamie, you hold the phone. <laughs> By the time we were done, he's like, all right, Barrett, I need you to walk up to the horn. I need you to do double clove hitch, half hitch, did like a thing. And Barrett's like, okay, do, do, do. And Monty's like, wow. Okay. Uh, he's like, and now I need you to do a bowl and non. I need you to take it around, do this. Uh, okay. And Barrett does it. He's like, dang, that's pretty good. Uh, so the fact that like Barrett speaks Cowboy knot tying to Monty was very impressive <laughs> to him. Um, but it was just amazing. So 
what are we going to do when we get the rider on? I'm like, surely we're not going to put a rider on today. Like, we've done all that. We've done a lot. I've taken an so, hour of Monty's time. I just want to rewind a bit. So he really only bucked three times with the strap on. With the strap on. Three times. Okay. Three jumps. And he's okay. like, you kind of want him to buck a few more times than that. But you know what? That's fine. And and the, this horse is a little motor, man. He just, go, go, go. And he was like, if he wants to canter, let him canter. You know, so on the long lines. So, all right. He's like, Jamie, you hold the horse. And I want Barrett, you to climb up on the mounting block. And of course, Barrett's got the helmet on and he climbs up on the mounting block. He's like, I want you to just put your foot in the stirrup, put some weight down, you know, flop all around. Barrett's doing all the things just to like blah, 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 all over him, putting weight in the stirrup. And he was like, okay, go ahead and get on. I was like, like, I did that last, I did that. (laughs) Are you kidding? He loves this. Like, this is awesome to him. So he's like, uh, and I was like, hold on, Barrett, before you do it, Monty has the thing of not telling you what you're going to do until you actually need to do it. And I was like, Monty, I have some questions before we do this. All right. Am I unclipping him? What are we going to do with the lines? Like, and he answers all my questions. Barrett gets on and that horse blasts off and doesn't buck once. Not once. Canners around. What He's walking, then he's trotting, and then by the end, he's cantering around, and Barrett's having to move his legs all over and do all this, you know, and move him around. It was amazing. Amazing. This horse I had been prepping for almost a month to have a rider. Got one rider on. It was a disaster. And then Monty gets on the phone with me, and we've got it fixed in a day. Like, what? He's so amazing. You guys... If anybody questions the, like anything, I have, I, I, I mean, I've worked with him since 2015. Yes, he's amazing. What I saw yesterday was beyond and far above anything I have ever seen in the horse world in my entire life. How he handled that, predicted all of the things, got through all the things and like, oh, okay, the horse wouldn't walk up to the mounting block. He's like, all right, put the mounting block over there, walk him by it and then walk him around, get it closer. And then mounting block issue gone. Like, no problem. Okay. Like, I mean, just so efficient. So all this, we get the rides. Barrett canters in both directions. He's riding him for quite a while. I mean, it was, it was awesome. So Monty's like, your homework is do not ride this horse for the next at least five rides without the buck stopper. He was like, he's going to regress at some point. I'm like, now I know he's going to do it because he predicts the future. He was like, he's going to regress. Then you just call me back when he does, uh, if he does. And, um, and don't ride him without it. And we'll revisit in a week and see how it's going. And it was just the most incredible display of horsemanship. And like, we, we finished, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm crying into the phone. I was like, thank you so much. You've just, you've changed, you've changed lives. And I'll tell you, tell you how he changed lives. Number one, my life, because I did not think that I would be anywhere near capable enough to handle this horse going forward after Monday's episode. I was like, I'm, I I can't, I don't know what to do. He's going to, he, I can't. Yeah, you're ready to ship him back actually. Yeah. I, I was going to teach him to drive. I was like, he's yeah. going to be a driving horse. Cause I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you don't want to bucking in the cart either. Well, and I don't <laughs> want him bucking off my rider and I don't want him hurting himself. And I certainly can't send him back to his owner and be like, mm, yeah, I, I could get on him, but he only bucks three times. And then you, you know, I can't be like, he's fine for you to get, get back on. So he changed my life. He changed the horse's life because the horse may actually be a productive member of society at this point and not just a sponge on his mom. This, this woman has spent so much figuring out back and must, she's done muscle biopsy and all. I mean, she's just done everything to get this horse right. Uh, and the third life he changed, 
He changed Barrett's life. And I'll tell you why. Farm boy Barrett has only done horses in Wyoming cowboy style. You know, they, they break them by, you know, you get this, you put them in the round pen, you put the saddle on them, you run them around and you put a get on them. Like the, you, and you ride the buck out and that's what they've done in the wild west and still do traditionally. I mean, it's a lot less violent than it ever was. He's like, it's never violent. It's just they never take their time with anything. And the ones that are super buckers get sold, you know? So he changed my life, the horse's life, the owner's life and farm boy's life because as soon as we got done, you know, he gets off. We say goodbye to Monty. He looks at me and we just give each other a high five. Like that's what we do when we, when we actually like nail something, high five. So he gives me a high five and he goes, well, I now know why you guys got letters from the queen. He goes, I bet she really likes his stuff. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, she did. She really liked it. He was like, I've never seen anything like that. I bet the queen really liked it. I was like, yeah, she did. <laughs> and so he's like, that's why you got a letter. You can do stuff like that. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just ran around and got yelled at. He was like, you didn't say. He's like, I go, I'm exhausted. I've been standing up. You at least got to sit on the horse. I've been running circles around here. <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, I, I just, I can't thank Monty Roberts enough. That was so amazing and so just incredible to see that display. And for him to like be in California in his kitchen at 88 years old and FaceTiming me and being able to, I think God, he had Adam who works for him, like handled all the call and like got us set up and everything. And it was just, it was just such an amazing experience to introduce farm boy to this, to fix the horse and get to spend time watching Monty work like that. And and I was the instructor. I've seen him do it on videos with like those other better instructors, but it was me. And I just learned so much, and I'm just I'm just busting with excitement. Well, and so, he's not going to be here forever. So you got to get your learning done because uh, you're going to be in, you're going to be doing all of this with people and showing them how to do it after he's gone. So, well, I, what I told Farm Boy is, I was like, I have learned a valuable lesson. I was like, I'm going to teach you things, and you are going to teach me how to tie knots. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm coming to you now to talk about the Monty Roberts Online University. You know, there ought to be six months in everybody's life where they just live with their animals. I've been staying home, but three months now, I've been home with this virus thing, and the things I'm learning, we're bringing you a new series. What horses see, how horses see, and about horses seeing things. The Online University is bringing you the last three years of my learning process, which I promise you is the learningest years I ever spent. The Monty Roberts Online University. Uh, you won't miss a minute of it if you get started on it. I love bringing it to you, and it's my shot to take my concepts to the next generation. Dr. John Otto was named the 2022 Oklahoma Veterinarian of the Year by the Oklahoma Veterinary Medical Association, and he's volunteered with the Prison Dog Program in Oklahoma for 27 years and animal shelters for 31 years. He met Monty Roberts years ago when Monty was giving a demonstration at the Oklahoma State Fairgrounds, where he achieved a join-up with a Mustang. This moment has given Dr. Otto ideas on how to deal with people and situations ever since.
At the women's prison, he brought a therapist to start working with the women regarding trauma and codependency. He told them the story about watching Monty years ago join up and join up with a Mustang and how there are better ways than being confrontational. They all agreed. Well, welcome, Dr. John Otto, DVM. I'm so happy to have vets on. I love veterinarians. They teach me a lot of things. And uh, and we just we just had a crazy week here with a lot of interviews. The Queen's passing has been crazy. I loved that you lifted my spirits a little bit by sending a photo of a half-mast flag in your front yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I understand you're hailing from Oklahoma, but you're not from England, are you? No, I'm not. No. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. So ah, there you go. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, how'd you get to Oklahoma? It's a long story, but I got rejected twice from Virginia Tech. That's where my dad was. It's a tough uh, school. Actually, that was an FBI, yeah, out there uh, outside the Beltway. So I applied twice to Virginia Tech, got rejected, looked around the country. I liked Oklahoma a lot, liked the people, came out here. Got rejected again, got my residency, and I finally got in. So, um, and then I loved it so much that I met my wife here. So, yeah, that's how that kind of goes. You know, I love that. <laughs> no, I love your story, and I love uh, you know at Lucky Oklahoma to have you because, um, oh, yeah. as we read in your bio, you um, you've done volunteer work in the prison dog system for twenty seven years, and you've um, volunteered at animal shelters for 31 years. You're a giving mm-hmm. individual. And I love that. I don't know too many vets that aren't, but I don't know too many vets who put that kind of volunteer time in. I really appreciate you for that too. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I thought it would be interesting. And I think Jamie Jennings had, had introduced us and said that right. you had a great story and that you had seen uh, dad and mom, uh, Pat, so Monty and Pat, giving a demonstration yeah. at Oklahoma State Fairgrounds a long yeah. time ago with a Mustang. Tell me a little bit about that. And what I loved about yeah. the story, too, was the bridge to people. So, please. Yes, you know, it's so true. So, yeah, so I've been in sheltered medicine for 31 years and uh, really did a lot of work at the Norman, or have done a lot of work at the Norman Shelter. Our place was completely archaic. I mean, we were not euthanizing 97%. So. Wow. 97 out of the 100 animals were euthanized there. So a lot of shelters are under the auspice of the police department. People don't realize that. And they often treat the shelter like a bastard child, like mm-hmm. unwanted, you know, burden financially. And that's how it was here in Norman. Very hard to get things changed. Couldn't even get risers in for the dogs so they could keep off the cement floor. Uh, no yeah. kitty litter boxes because they said, quote, it would be getting in the drain and clogging it. So oh. very, very barbaric. I mean, and it was hot, no air conditioning, no really very little heating. Flies were in there because a the compost facility was next door. I mean, just, and I, and I videotaped it to show the, the uh, city council what it was like. So I was really trying to push forward to get changes there. And I saw that Monty and Pat were coming in town and my wife loves horses. And that's how I met Patty was her horse had hurt its back. She take, took it up to OSU. I met her on a tour up there and the rest is history. So anyway, Bonnie was coming into the fairgrounds to demonstrate, you know, um, the joining up, you know, with a Mustang. And I thought it'd be very interesting for Patty to see that. So we kind of go like date night just before we had kids and we go up to the fairgrounds and Pat and Monty are in this ring. I'll never forget. It's like a circular ring that they put up with panels. And they brought out, and he, he had a mic on, and he said, to start talking about his philosophy about, you know, how they could, instead of like, I think his dad, he's mentioned that it would hobble them and, you know, really kind of like 
force them into like, you know, doing what they want. Right. And he said, there's a much better way and it's quicker. It's more effective. It's easier on the animal and, and they want to do it. So, and he talked about the, I think it was like 50 foster kids they had raised and yeah. some of the things that worked with them and <laughs> digging ditches and you know, all that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was, you know, there are a lot of parallels with this and, you know, people and relationships. So he brings out this Mustang, he works with them, starts trying to use, you know, the shoulder to say, there's a better way come with me. And really, I, I think it was like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I can't remember, but in that amount of time, he had a horse following him all around. Yeah. And it was really an amazing thing to see. And all of a sudden I had this epiphany that, you know, it may be a better way than like combative things to get people to, you know, work together. So when I was thinking about the animal shelter, I thought, you know, we're right in the middle of like, I was telling the police department, we got to get a new shelter. This place is really rough. And then I started thinking, you know, it's probably a better way of showing them that, that the outcome, if we work together on this, could be much better synergistic than combative. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a good way to look at life for that. Instead of saying some, telling some, you have to do this or else, blah, blah, blah. Why don't we show by working together, we could create this new vision for our place here in Norman build a better facility, we euthanize less animals, it costs less, and we're providing better service to our community. And a good example. Well, now, 20 years later, we now have a $3.2 million animal shelter, and our live oh release rate gosh. is 96.6%. We are the number one leader in the central part of the, the um, country in public municipalities for live release rates. And last Saturday, we just received what's called the Common Bond, which says that our live release rate is over 90%, which is incredible when you think about the complete turnaround. But anyway, oh it all gosh. started really, I'm not kidding, with watching your dad and with that Mustang and thinking, you know, there's a better approach to this than head-on onslaught that's showing you are bad, you don't have risers, you don't have kitty litter boxes, but instead showing, you know, if we have a riser in there, the animal can sit on it, their coat doesn't get wet, they don't get a dermatitis, they're not sitting yeah. in the urine and feces, you know. And so you just start educating instead of being, you know, combative. And the results are so much better. I mean, they just are. And it's just a good life lesson that work together instead of opposed, basically. So true. So true. And so have you applied? Do you have kids now, too? Do you have Boys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Do you apply some of those principles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, if you're going to do this, these are your consequences. You know, you can dig ditches like your dad used to say and fill them in or whatever. Or you can come and work with me and we'll do a better thing and you don't have to sit there digging a ditch all day. So, it, you know, it's just, it is, if you show a better outcome and why it's better and most people and animals will follow that way. So I've worked in the prisons 27 years and I work in programs. That's what we call this when the animals, the inmates take the animal in from the shelter, train it, and then it goes on to help a community or a veteran or whatever. The inmates respond far better to this kind of programming, positive reinforcement, than they do punitive lock them up in a cell and throw away the key. Then the behaviors just get worse, whatever they are. But when you get can raise the self-esteem, you can show them a better outcome, um, show, like Sister Pauline that created the program said, when they become other-centered, not thinking about themselves all the time, you get much better results. So there's so much that these things apply in life in general. 
I mm-hmm. love that. I love that. And not only that, but uh, not only caring for another sentient being, like a dog or right. or even horses. There's prison horse systems, uh, right. prison programs in horse systems, in prison systems too. And um, and that's really another level too, because of uh, so few people will you know have the ability to even do that. But I, I think these things are starting to rise up and prove themselves. Is there any sort of national recognition for these things? Because I, I think I don't. I love that you're in Oklahoma and Norman, Oklahoma is so fortunate to have you, but how about a few other states taking some of your ideas yeah. forward? Yeah, so there are others like so Sister Pauline and I became very good friends before she passed of cancer mm. in um March of twenty twenty. She's the original founder of this whole thing of uh. prison dog training and she started in Washington State in the early nineteen eighties. Okay. Um I my good friend and mentor Grant Turnwald started it in Lexington, Oklahoma in 1990. In 1996, he approached me actually three times about coming down to see it. Mm-hmm. And my dad being in the FBI, I didn't really want to, you know, I always say how many people want to go to prison. There's not many. That <laughs> hands, right? That's not something that you want to jump in on. Yeah. So I really had to think about it and I prayed about it. And then finally I thought this is the right thing to do. And I went down there and saw it, it as a marvelous program. It was spread with Sister Pauline's help in what's called the Delta Society. Dr. Leo Busted was the dean at Washington State where Sister went in and worked on it. And there was a movie made about it called mm-hmm. Within These Walls. Hollywood yeah. made it. Laura Dern played Sister. They won an Oscar, I think, last year in a movie she Fabulous. did. But anyway, it shows that kind of how this worked. Anyway, Sister went around and, and helped start, her, like Johnny Appleseed, these programs in multiple prisons. And then she started going outside of the country. So you have like one in Argentina that she started. You got some in Rome. I mean, uh, Australia, all over the place. You'll see these little prison dog programs. One of the problems, though, and most people that work in prisons will tell you this, is that the environment um, is not a friendly environment. And programs are a hard thing to sustain because mm-hmm. so much of our outlook, especially here in America, is punitive. So a lot of people don't believe these, you know, inmates should or have animals and companion pets. They don't deserve it. But, you know, 96% of our offenders or inmates get out. I remember Ted Koppel years ago did a program on this, and he said 96% of all offenders get out. Well, if they don't have skill sets or better training, they're going to go right back, if not worse. You know, so it is across the country. There is no solid network with this. I wish there was, like, an organization there is something called the Delta Society that Dr. Leo Beast had started years ago, and it's, it's basically exploring or um, celebrating the human-animal bond. But there's nothing like as far as a solid organization for the maybe prison somebody, program. Yeah, somebody maybe can help with that that's listening to this program, too. Yeah. How, how would people learn more about you? Do you have a, a website? Yep, friendsforfolks.org, if people can go on that and look. And then also I did a documentary to try to show people visually I mean, talking about it's one thing, but when you actually can see it, mm-hmm. it really brings life to the program and the power of the program. But the, the documentary is called The Dogs of Lexington, and it's mm-hmm. on YouTube. Okay. Um, it did go to the Emmys, um, so it's that good. And mm-hmm. I wasn't intending it to be that good, but my friend Greg Malott and then actually Greg Fredrickson, who did The Godfather and Apocalypse Now and all that, mm-hmm. they helped me with it. And it really did come out good, and it really... I think uh, epitomizes what the program does for the offender, the animal, and then the recipient of the animals. But it's called the Dogs of Lexington. Mm -hmm. The Dogs of Lexington, like Lexington, Kentucky, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. And you said, um, you said the, the website was friendsforfolks.org. Friendsforfolks.org. Okay. All one word. Okay. That is so kind of you. Thank you. It's brilliant too. And I hope people will pick this up and run with it and wherever they are, or maybe create an overarching way that Mm -hmm. people can get this information all in one place and start uh, raising some funds for it would be awesome. And congratulations for everything you've done in your career and keep it going. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than The magic in the language of the Dear Monty, I remember someone I knew said that if a horse doesn't want to back up and hand on a lead rope, the way to encourage them is to use an 18 to 24 inch riding crop and whip their legs. I also observed this technique in a horse training video. I don't remember who the trainer was, though. I have always had great admiration for your work and mission to make the world a better place for horses than you found it. Monty's response. What you have described here regarding recommendations for teaching a horse to back up is absolutely the opposite of my concepts. When a horse is whipped across the legs to get it to back up, it will usually work. But when the horse does move back, it is angry. And wouldn't you be? Whipping the horse and producing pain in order to achieve any given goal is wrong when you deal in the concepts of Monty Roberts. The method you have described also takes longer than my method and produces a horse that will receive lower marks in competition for exhibiting anger while backing up. Use of a whip will also generally encourage tail swishing and certainly putting the ears back. Please do not accept this recommendation. It is not only unfair and brutal, but it is not very effective when attempting to achieve acceptable performance. The first day that I work with a horse, I ask for a step or two in reverse. When I get it, I release the lines and congratulate the horse with a rub. They will learn very quickly that backing up is a good thing to do and there is no whip required. If I inherit a horse that has already developed a resistance to backing up, then I use a narrow hallway or chute, ride the horse into it, ask him to back up, and watch him learn as he backs out. From My Hands to Yours, my textbook, has a chapter on backing up with drawings to illustrate my recommendations. I recommend that you read that chapter if you want to achieve acceptable backing up from your horse. The next time anyone suggests that you whip a horse in order to achieve any goal whatsoever, please just tell them that that procedure is not necessary and that you have better ways to deal with your equine partner. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, Go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum... And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. Where in the world is Monty Roberts? 
Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. October 15, we have our mountain trail play day that we were talking about. And then October 21 through 23, we have a horse sense and healing for veterans and first responders. October 31 through November 11, we have our advanced exams. They're coming in from all over the world for that one. November 12th is the mid-month of Mountain Trail Play Day. We have those every every month, mid-month. Then November 14th through December 2nd is our advanced course. That's for the certification process. And then December 17th, we have our Mountain Trail Play Day. <laughs> That's the mid-month for December. And then we finish this year with December 16th through 18th, Horse Sense and Healing. And you can find all of that and more at MontyRoberts.com. You can also find this here podcast on MontyRoberts.com. It's on the homepage. Just scroll down a little bit, and it is right there. Mm-hmm. If you want to go old school and talk to a real live hymen, live real live human being, they are. You can call, yeah. you can call 805-688-6288 <laughs> and chat with a knowledgeable human being right there at Flag Is Up Farms. A quick question for you, Debbie. Yes. For folks who have their horses boarded mm-hmm. at Flag Is Up Farm, you have... Because we talk all about the mountain trail course because it's so cool and unique. But yeah. you also have an indoor arena. We we have a covered arena. I would call oh, it that. Yes, but in California, arena. that's practically indoors. Yeah. So. And then you have the outdoor arena. Huge. It's huge, huge. Which is football football yeah. size. Yeah. And you have the Eurosizer, which is the world's fanciest walking system. Well, of course, oval walker. That's right. Mm-hmm. We have a hundred by hundred cutting arena. We call it the cutting arena because the the cutting horses have used it for years. It has a flag in it, but it's a great size for doing almost anything. You know, we can do oh, yeah, free the flag thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's flag fun. Thing is fun. It is fun, and we've got a little platform there so people can observe. So we do some of our classes from that pen. So you know, hundred by hundred is a nice practical size. And then we've got I don't even know how many round pens we have. <laughs> have yeah, you have, yeah, you have a bushel. We do. And then we have, uh, by the end of this year, we'll have 27 walkouts. We currently have almost that. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of facility. And then just the property alone, we have um, we have our movement stabling out there. We have lots of pastures. And we have a racetrack. Did I mention a racetrack? A racetrack. And, we, <laughs> and we have a whole gentling facility, which is really cool, where we gentle the Mustangs and the feral horses, and that's part of the school. And then um, right in the middle of the yard, we have a classroom. It used to be a hospital uh, for surgeries on equine. But then we have one of the most world-famous hospitals in the world, here in the San Inez Valley. So we went, well, we don't need that anymore. <laughs> we we covered, turned yeah. it into a classroom in the 90s. So it's really nice to have two. And um, yeah, we have some, it's a beautiful facility. I have to say, I can say that because I didn't make it. My parents made it in 1966. And it's been uh, evolving and becoming more beautiful ever since. People have such a nice, peaceful feel about it when they come visit. It is a very peaceful setting even mm-hmm. when it's full of when it's busy when i was out for the movement mm-hmm. a few months ago hubbub everywhere horses all over the place lots <laughs> and lots of people lots of things going on yet it still maintains a very zen feel about it. Aww, thanks yeah. we think so too i think it's all the trees and the parks and all the water you know it's it's nice yeah, yeah it thank is. you and, and for details about 
all of these things, you can go to horsemanshipradio.com. That's the website for the podcast where you're going to find links, photos, and more information about today's show. And Debbie loves to get feedback about the podcast. And it about helps. The mm-hmm. university and all those things. It mm-hmm. helps her move things forward and keep it relevant for everybody. So to do that, you can go to Facebook, look for Monty Roberts, the one with the little check mark. You can also go to Twitter or Instagram where Monty's handle is Monty underscore Roberts. Many, many thanks to our sponsors and they are. Oh, hands on gloves.com. And then also, also, you know, we, we started this with the idea that we would share the Monty Roberts university.com that has over 700 lessons on it now, Jen, since 2009. It's Yay. amazing. And by yep. the way, if you're test phobic like me, you don't oh, have to take yeah. any tests. No. This is a university for learning at your own pace. That's right. And if you get it wrong, you just get to try the next question. And I love I, I love the university. We've tried to change it a few times. And we went like, nah, it doesn't get any better than that. So we, <laughs> we keep it, but we just keep adding to it. It's really nice. So, and be sure to visit all the other great shows too. I mean it on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. So many cool things there. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. 